You are listening to Her Time to Retire, a podcast dedicated to helping women gain the knowledge, confidence, and support they need to achieve financial success and emotional fulfillment when planning for retirement. If you are ready to finally take charge of your financial life, then keep listening. Your hosts are Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott founders of Keystone Financial Resources in Brentwood, Tennessee. Both men specialize in crafting individualized retirement plans for women and have a passion for helping women discover and achieve their retirement goals. Glenn is a husband and father of four who was taught early in life through his relationship with his grandmother how a woman can not only take charge of her own destiny, but also positively influence the lives of her family and friends that surround her. Jonathan, husband and father of three, attributes his own success to the strong women in his life, including his wife Brooke and his mother Suzanne. Both men together want to help more women live out their dreams in retirement. As always, if you have retirement questions, their phone lines are open at 615-661-9554, or you can visit their website to browse information, view upcoming events, or subscribe to the Her Time to Retire weekly newsletter. Just visit www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Now relax and enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome to Her Time to Retire. This is the podcast for women navigating through their financial journey. I'm Jonathan Scott, the co-owner of Keystone Financial Resources, and it's my goal to speak with women at the top of their industry and create a place where they can share their best ideas and advice with you, our listeners. Now, today, I'm talking to Kristen Shea, and Kristen is a force within her industry. She's an award-winning and highly sought-after consultant, speaker, and she's an influencer on a mission. Now, Kristen has dedicated her career to delivering the art of digital marketing. She's created a massive LinkedIn following and established herself there as a thought leader. Uh, Her journey has included even going on tour with the Rolling Stones, so I want to hear a little about that. And she's now preparing to publish her first book. So when I first met Kristen, um, they termed her the LinkedIn girl. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, Kristen. But, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got termed the LinkedIn girl. Uh, um, Well, my name's Kristen. I'm uh, 27 years old, uh, now in Kansas. Um, Grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside outside of D.C., right outside of what they call um, the blast radius. So for people that are from... Uh, DC. It, it's not like an official geographic boundary, but um, it's it's like a it's it's like something the locals know, <laughs> where they'll pay government workers extra money basically to live on the other side of that boundary, so that you know if something were to happen, you know hypothetically, a bomb went off, you know they wouldn't lose all their workers. So um, right, grew up right outside of that boundary. Um, grew up in in the area. Went to college in in the area, which I eventually dropped out of. Um, got into the industry after dropping out of school, uh, <laughs> uh, took up two very nice gentlemen who tipped very well at the <laughs> restaurant where I was waiting tables, going to school, uh, on their offer to join the industry. His financial services didn't really know what I was getting into, fell in love with the business. Uh, and th- this was in Virginia, of course, still, um, <laughs> had a bit of an identity crisis, uh, you know, you know, I'm not an artist anymore. I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm I was part of the machine, part of financial services, but 
like I said, fell in love with it um, and embraced it and very early on, you know, realized that in, in my opinion and, and some other people's opinions, I don't want to, I don't want to speak negatively, but the industry is pretty old school. There's a lot of the financial services industry that is super outdated um, and behind pretty much every other industry out there. And for me, what that looked like in, in the role that, that I was brought into the industry to do, it meant pretty much building your business by making a hundred thousand cold calls a day, which as a millennial, um, and one of the younger people at, at the company and in, in the group and probably in the industry at 21, I said, you know, there has to be a better way. Was, of course, ended up being social media. It wasn't a, what was, wasn't going to be Facebook. LinkedIn just made the most sense and um, started off on LinkedIn, you know, I don't know, not really with much of a strategy. I, I'd like to say it was a good timing and a little bit of luck for, for it to have become w- what it is now, you know. And started watering the grass very, very early on. And fast forward to today, I, I have a, a pretty significant following. Um, I've been told it's the biggest following in, in the financial services industry and on LinkedIn. I, I don't know about that. That would be super if it wow. was. Wow. Um, well, when they introduced me to you, uh, they said that this, uh, this lady has cracked the code to LinkedIn. <laughs> That's what they say. I mean, it's a, it's a code you got to crack daily. You know, I mean, it's, it's certainly evolved a lot over the past seven years, all, all the platforms do, mm-hmm. but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it's a big deal. I know a lot of companies out there, a lot of business owners, uh, they're seeking to advertise through LinkedIn, much the same as you would advertising through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, but LinkedIn seems to have a, a unique set of challenges to it. The concept is great because, you know, if you're business and you're wanting to, you know, advertise directly to people interested in your business realm, you know, it's going ahead and picking those people out and showing them to you on LinkedIn. So it's very direct uh, form of social media or digital marketing. Uh, but to be able to be successful at building a platform there that, that people actually uh, will follow and look at and attract uh, people. Tell me, tell me some about how that code is created. Sure. I mean, what I what I would say right now that you know, if you, if you look at where LinkedIn is compared to a lot of the other platforms, it's it's where Facebook was, you know, probably seven to ten years ago mm-hmm. in terms of how far your content can go without having to basically pay for the eyeballs, pay for the attention. Um, is it always going to be that way? Probably not. That's how the social media platforms work. They're profit generating companies. They're not. Uh, they're not nonprofit businesses. And ultimately, the where their revenue is going to come from is by people having ads that perform well. Um, so that would be. And I guess there there are two types of content. I don't want to use a, a word that you're you know may not make sense, but there are two types of content. There's organic content and paid content. So the organic content is the content that you don't have to pay for anybody to see. And the organic reach right now, because LinkedIn is relatively immature, um, goes pretty far. So uh, I I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Um, LinkedIn's had a pretty big boom over the past two years, especially since Gary Vee got out there and started saying, you have to be on LinkedIn. and, and it started to get flooded a, a little bit, but um, it, it's, a, it's a great place to spend your time. I, I don't know if there's anything out there that's going to replace it, at least not that I've heard of. 
Um, you told me about kind of a formula you created about personal and inspirational and business. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to, if I, if I look at a lot of the mistakes that uh, pe- people make in our industry in financial services, and I think it, I think it's a mistake that people make in, in other industries as well, because they're trying to show up on a professional platform. You know, it's that they, they show up, um, Trying, trying to be prefer, trying to be perfect, trying to be professional, trying to be really buttoned up and um, polished. And you know, social media has two words, right? Social and media. And pe- people know people know the media part, right? But they forget the the social part. Even though LinkedIn is a business platform, uh, there there are people on the other side of the screen. You know what I mean? It's not B two B and it's not B two C. And this should be your approach in, in any digital marketing and frankly in business in general. It, it, it's human to human, right? So um, one of the things that that I did very early on um, that that has served me and I didn't realize what was really anything special was was simply just being authentic, using um, y- using my like. Dumb, you know, like silly lingo and dumb jokes and, um, you know, sh- showing my tattoos and, um, and, and being a, a human being telling the stories that telling, telling the stories about times where I was sad or frustrated or I failed and not just, um, talking about the ways that I'm great and absolutely not trying to constantly sell. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there are three types of content that I try to rotate between and there are, you know, a, a thousand different content formulas that I would, that I would, you know, that, that people prescribe to, and they're all ultimately similar. Um, mine, the one I happen to prescribe to, is rotating between three types of content. It's personal. Um, the second one is kind of a catch-all. It's the inspirational, entertaining. It's it's the funny. Um, the third is uh, professional, right? So the things that are going to bring people in to follow you, to engage with you, are are the human posts. It's the picture of it's the picture of you taking your kids to soccer practice, or it's the picture of you. I mean, I guess if you were to think work-wise, picture of you with with your dog at, at the office. Um, the inspiration, the entertaining, the um, the in, you know interesting, entertaining, inspirational are are the are the equivalent of uh, the, the videos of the dog singing and um, the, the baby saying crazy things and the the baby reveals, you know, uh, well, right. that's probably more personal, but you, you know, baby reveal, uh, gender reveal, but you know, it, it, it's the entertaining. It's, it, it's the stuff that brings people in. And if you do a really great job at those two things, then they're going to be a little bit more open-minded to hearing your, your business stuff. They're going to stick around enough to see that. And because you have connected with them on a personal level, they can relate to you. You've, um, you've, you've made them laugh. You've, mm. um, you've, shared shared a frustration then they're going to be open-minded to hearing you hearing you when you say something that may be able to make a difference for them or or even you know think to themselves this person may know something that i don't know that's a really unique approach to i look at a lot of linkedin stuff out there and everybody knows that that's not the way the majority of it is and so that is making you unique on the platform for sure well, if, if you think about it, you know, people don't go on social media to work. You know, people go on social media while they're waiting for their copy to kick in. They go on social media, and this is LinkedIn included, right? Even though it's a business platform, they, they look at it when they are sitting at a red light, unfortunately. They look at it while they are sitting on the couch after a long day at work and they're waiting for dinner to be, be ready. They're not going on social media to work. 
they're going there to see with their friends um, and their family and on LinkedIn, their colleagues and their peers are, are up to, right? So I, I think, I think a lot of times people look at social media and they look at it as a place to get business, right? To book appointments, to to gather leads. And, and that's that's certainly the, the case. But um, social media is a, is a top of funnel um, activity. Um, it pe- People don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, like, geez, like, I really hope I find a financial advisor today on Facebook, or I really hope I find... Um, my next interior designer on, on LinkedIn today. Um, it, it's not something that they right. do and right. making making the ask for somebody to book an appointment while they're on social media knowing where their headspace is at is, is insane. But what is a reasonable ask or, or a reasonable goal is creating the, the top of mind awareness to be the first person that they call when they realize that they have a need. Um, on average, after somebody sees a product or a, a company on social media for, for the first time or online in general, they're usually pulling the trigger uh, within you know, 18, 24 months. So your goal is to not just be the person that introduces the idea or the problem that you can solve and starts building that personal relationship um, on, on the front end, but is also the person that is continuing to build and nurture that relationship without um, inflicting on their autonomy. Um and 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 be the person that is trusted to get to get the phone call. Sure. And you told me that you've learned a lot about the algorithm uh, that LinkedIn uses. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So you know, for anybody who who wants to use social media drug business, right, or or if they're posting on the behalf of their business or even themselves, this really applies to to all the different platforms. Um, there are a set of rules behind the scenes for every single social media platform that basically determines which content is going to be seen and which content the platform is going to bury, make sure that nobody sees, right? Um, it's, you know, the algorithm sounds fancy, but it's just a set of rules and they're looking at qualities such as, you know, is there a link? How many hashtags are there? Um, how long is the video? And, and based on their goal of being able to generate revenue off of the ads and get people to stay on the platform for as long as possible so that they can see more advertisements, right? They're, they're going to, they have this predetermined set of rules that they're looking for to say, this is what I think people really want to get out of LinkedIn. And we're going to make sure that people see the things that are going to keep them on here longer um, and, and make this a place that where, where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because LinkedIn, LinkedIn's algorithm is is a little bit different than, than you know we'll say Facebook as an example because I think they're they're comparable structurally, um, but it, yeah so so yeah they have a they have a couple <laughs> they have a couple things in, in common but there there are some differences um, a big one that I think is. Uh, I think is consistent between the two is being careful about uh, posting links. So in regards to the platforms being revenue generating companies, uh, the longer that you spend on the platform, um, the better that the better ads are going to do. And if you're posting links, you're basically telling the social media platform, I don't want, I don't, I'm want to send my audience away from here. And they're going to look at that and they're going to say, well, no, you, no, you don't. And then they're going to basically bury the link. Um, they're going to favor native 
content, right? They're going to favor the native, meaning it gets uploaded directly and it's not hosted somewhere else because they want more people to come onto the platform if they know that that's where somebody's content lives. Um, what In my industry specifically, what I see is a lot of advisors who are really, really busy. They're wearing 18 different hats. They get approached by these companies saying, hey, you know, don't worry. You know that you have to be online. We do too. And we also know how hard it is for you to create the content and build a presence while you're doing 18 different things. And we also know that you have to worry about compliance. So we're going to, we have this library of stuff. We have this library of mostly links that we're going to post to your LinkedIn account or your Facebook account or whatever on your behalf. Um, and the advisor's like, sick, like, that's awesome. Sign me up, check. But, uh, you know, what, what that ends up happening, what, what that ends up creating is, you know, 3,000 people all posting the exact same thing at the exact same time. The algorithms aren't dumb. They know that something is posting on your behalf. It is not custom. They can see that 3,000 other people also posted it. And basically what you're telling the platform is that you have nothing original to say. You have nothing interesting to say. Um, there's nothing authentic about the way that you're, or unique about the way that you're showing up. And it's probably not, not content that anybody wants to see. So that, so they're going to bury it. Those are probably the, the big ones mm -hmm. right now. There's a trend because there's a new social media platform called clubhouse, which is all audio. It's like Twitter, but audio based. And, um, and you know, when I said it's constantly changing, you know, this is a good example of that. You know, if you would have talked to me six months ago, I would have said you, or even three months ago, you have to be posting videos. The algorithm loves videos. It's where the internet's going. You know, I think 95% of all con internet traffic content is going to be video projecting by you know, say 2022, but with Clubhouse coming up and being something that people are really gravitating towards, the platforms are looking at that and saying, hey, I think that uh, I think Clubhouse is monopolizing this audio content. People are going to be a lot less likely to watch videos right now and videos are not performing as well. The, the text and the image posts are doing a little bit better. Um, these are things that you can only learn through through practice and, and trying and, and, and failing. But um, I, I think it would be silly to not if social media is a focus, spend some time just simply Googling LinkedIn algorithm 2021. And it'll tell, it'll tell you exactly what they're looking for. God, that is tremendous information, Kristen. So you guys can get, uh, get the idea. Kristen is extremely bright. She's great at what she does. Um, but you know, you've gone through some obstacles getting there. I mean, uh, Tell us if you know, I was, I was just reading your biography again. So no wonder Kristen's writing a book. I think, <laughs> I think it could be a movie, <laughs> but you, you graduated high school at 16 years old. I mean, this, this is one of the points, um, uh, that, that you told me about. I want you to elaborate on it a little bit, but past that, you know, these, these different obstacles you've overcome, you even had to overcome a terrible car accident and relearn how to speak and how to um, move. Is that correct? Actually, have to uh, read, read and walk. But read and walk. Okay. I wasn't like a complete vegetable, but <laughs> a little cooked. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So, tell me about uh, um, uh, you graduating high school at 16 years old. That has yeah. been crazy. You know, I. Um, it, it, it's a really cool thing and it, it's like it's like a great like bragging point you know it's like oh, i graduated but you know 
and I was able to do it with an advanced di diploma and being in advanced classes my you know since, since I was super young but it, it honestly wasn't um, really from a super positive thing when I came into the the high school I was at um, it was a big high school in northern Virginia um, really special place uh, very crowded area a lot of people and a lot of people with money and a lot of people from all over the place and all, you know amazing um, I had gone to both of the middle schools going into that high school. So coming in freshman year, I, I knew everybody. Um, and for me, the world has never been big enough. So I walked into, um, you know, my math class, the, you know, the first day of, of school. And I was, um, I was, I think the only freshman in, in the class or maybe one other freshman is mostly older people and, you know, led to me sitting at the table with seniors. Um, and, and ultimately, Put me in a situation where I and I probably uh, perpetuated it like I probably made it worse for myself because I, I overcompensated and I really just wanted to to be liked and, and to be loved as like a really like deep empath but uh, I ended up having a, a lot of really bad problems with bullying I I I have always moved quick I've always done things fast I've always gotten ahead um, but I, I can't say that I graduated early because um, strictly because I wanted to get ahead. It was because I, I wanted to get out of my high school. It was a gotcha. really, really emotionally unsafe place for me, um, which I tried to start a nonprofit for, and I just hadn't necessarily channeled my energy yet, um, which is funny. But yeah, I graduated at 16. I was like, all right, let's go to college. Like, let's let, let's get out of here. Let's start a new chapter. Parents said, boo, you know, let's, uh, let's pump your brakes a little bit. Um, why don't, why don't we go to community college? Um, was a good idea. Cause I didn't really know. I mean, you know, you're 16 years old. I mean, and, and shoot, even honestly, 18 to be able to like leave and be able to, and like be expected to make a decision about what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life is, is honestly kind of, kind of crazy to me. Um, right, right. but a personal experience thing. Um, so a lot of energy, got five speeding tickets, a very short period amount of time, a short period of time. License got revoked, like not, not like suspended, but revoked. So you can't do well at community college when you can't commute. You're taking a cab once a week if you feel like it. Um, wasn't really challenged or inspired by community college and um, was kind of just like, you know, I want to say like lost. Like I wasn't like a, I wasn't like a sad puppy dog, but I just wasn't, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't digging it. And I got into a, a pretty bad car accident right before mm. finals, which I probably wasn't prepared for anyways. Um, and it was just one concussion too many. I had a bunch of concussions playing sports growing up. One concussion too many, had a little bit of brain trauma, uh, you know, had, had a little bit of trouble walking and reading and with my memory for a while. And um, it was kind of like, it was God like putting me on my butt and saying like, all right, let's, let's hit the reset button. So um, it, that, that's exactly what it was. Gave me the, um, a, a chance to reset. My license was reinstated and I started going to George Mason, you know, got my associate transfer to George Mason, you know, but at that point I was, you know, I was 21 and I, everything that I had felt like I had done to get ahead and all this motivation that had kind of been honestly lost. Um, it, it, it felt like it was for nothing, you know, like I, like I, I would have still had like three years to go in school. So I was working at a, a wine bar, um, waiting tables, want to, I guess, a natural, natural salesperson, got it from my dad, 
um, won a you know, wine sales competition to go to Napa before I was 21 years old and um, uh, met the two people that asked me to take a survey, uh, end up being a sales aptitude test and ended up uh, in the business. I, you know, I, it, it was, it wasn't easy, right? I, I don't, I just don't, but I don't want to like tell the story like, like I'm a, a victim in any way because I have an insane amount of gratitude for everything that I experienced and um, a lot of empathy for the the bullying in, in school. I can't imagine how hard it is right now with, with how social media is. And as somebody who also has anxiety, you know, that runs in the family, you know, mental illness is a really big deal and all of that and all of the reflection that comes with having such an overactive mind with anxiety and, and every, and all the experiences that fed that like hyper reflection um, has made a really big difference in, in who, who I am today and, and my ability to, to roll with the punches and, um, I think it's all really, really served me. Well, you know, I got to describe you after hearing this story. And I said, you know, Kristen is an old soul. I mean, for certain, at at a young age, you had experienced half of life. And, <laughs> you know, in reflecting on that, um, that gives you a lot of challenges. And uh, you and I shared together uh, in some of that uh, in our conversations together. And it really, um, you know, it, it can weigh on you in a negative way in some circumstances that, gosh, I've experienced so much in the young life you know, what does the next, you know, 20, 30 years have to offer? Uh, and, and so, you know, you're out touring with the Rolling Stones at 20 years old, Kristen. <laughs> you, you know, you've experienced a lot of life in a short amount of time. So um, that's tremendous. Now, you're writing a book, and tell me what the book's about. Uh <laughs> It is a hill that I am preparing to die on. Uh, I have a, I've, I have a reputation. I don't know if it's just because I'm, I'm young or I'm a female in the industry or, or, or what, but you know, I, I, the tattoos, but I stick out like a sore thumb. I stick out like a sore thumb a little bit. Um, but I, so it's probably fed my ability to, to build a following and a reputation. But I have a reputation basically for being um, very honest, very, very candid and being a huge fan of authenticity. Um, and I'm uh, frankly, uh, very frustrated about how I'm, I'm super frustrated about how advisors are being, um, promised results on online, paying a ton of money to get those results, not seeing them, not having any alternatives, not knowing even the criteria that they should be looking at if they're going to be evaluating the digital marketing companies that, that they're going to be using. And part of this new chapter that I'm in means getting our industry out of the 1990s and, and bringing in experts, massive, big name people that I can't really disclose just yet into the industry and, and for, for the advisors that we work with, um, giving them access and building some really cool custom stuff. And the book addresses that. I don't know how many friends I'm going to make outside of the advisors. I think the advisors are going to be freaking stoked about it. And I think it's going to blow their minds because it's, it's honest. It, it, I'd like to think it's funny, but you know, I think I'm probably thinking funnier than anybody else does, but it's, um, it, it, it's kind of calling everybody out. It's kind of saying, this is, this is BS. <laughs> this is, I, I don't like this. This is bad. You're crazy. If you're doing this, they're scamming you. I think you deserve better. I think you deserve better. I think you deserve better. Um, I can't wait to read it. So, 
for those of you that are listening that are catching on, you know, I met Kristen uh, through the industry that she's working in right now. So Kristen's been contracted and is working right now helping in the financial services industry, actually working with advisors in creating uh, the digital marketing and things like that. So they, they've gathered her up directly for her talents, and she is putting those to work on the behalf of uh, the advisory practices across the nation. And, uh, and so this is an area that she's focusing in right now. But, uh, but uh, Kristen, I can't wait to read the book. Have you put a title to it yet? Yeah, it's, it's, it's called The Truth About Digital Marketing for Financial Advisors. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I could, I could write a, a caption to it myself uh, right yeah. now and tell you that uh, there's been a ton of dollars wasted in the wrong directions from time to time. And, and uh, so I know that uh, lots of people, not only in the financial services industry, but I know for the ladies that are tuning in and listening, whatever industry they are working in, there's commonalities between those industries. And everyone is seeking, you know, to crack that digital code per se, and make that a really, really effective part of their marketing going forward in the future, because it is the future. Well, I think, you know, the question you asked was tell me about the algorithm. And I think if, I think what it all comes down to, my friend uh, uh, Joshua B. Lee, who, who does, who's a, who, who I collaborate with, with uh, for my LinkedIn, um, I'm working with him currently. He does LinkedIn marketing for a lot of big names. I don't want to take credit for this, but it just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share his thoughts. It's, it's not the algorithm. It's not how does the algorithm work? It's what is the human algorithm? What makes people, um, what, what connects people? And you know, what connects people is um, gratitude. It's appreciation. It's vulnerability. It's, um, it's connecting on an emotional level. So, you know, I think what a lot of people, I think miss along those lines about digital marketing. You, know, you always think about like what you post. It's about like what you say, but it's just as much about commenting on other people's stuff and liking their stuff and thanking them. Um, that, that it is just about posting your stuff. So if we have like a couple minutes that I want to, you know, I don't. I want to make sure that we make that note to the same to the same extent that we say this is the stuff you should be posting. It's it's also to say that it, it's really just not all about you. Absolutely. So if, if, if we gave our lady business owners out there that are listening, you know, one piece of advice is they're trying to create a platform on LinkedIn, or they're trying to use Instagram, or they're trying to crack these digital marketing codes. What would the one piece of advice be that you would lead them with? One, <laughs> one, if you had to uh, narrow it down to one, one, yeah. The best piece you could give them, Kristen. It is to take the pressure off yourself to to be on all of the platforms. It's to find one that you find one that you really love and fits your natural skill set. Not not what everybody else says you should do. You know whether whether you like to write or you like to um, you like to speak or you're you're okay on camera. Um, figure out what that is and go to the platform where, where you can do the thing that, um, that, that taps your skill sets more so than, you know, anybody else's and then live there. If you chase, one of my favorite quotes is if you chase two rabbits at the same time, you're not going to chase, you're not going to catch any rabbits. And if you're, if you're trying to chase the five rabbits or whatever that are LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, you're definitely not going to build a meaningful presence 
anywhere. Um, it, it would be to find the one or the two, go all in on it, be super, super consistent and be super, super patient. Um, it, it takes, it, it really takes time. It's not a quick fix and paid, paid advertising is not the quick fix. It's not something that you should even consider doing until you have like your organic um, content and, and stuff done and, and the organic and creating a, a following organically takes time. So um, I, I would give it six that. to 12 months before you, before you, you write it off or you're of, of consistently like several times a week posting before you say, eh, I don't know about this. I love that Kristen. So I hope you ladies wrote that down and uh, Kristen, thanks for grabbing some time with me today. Again, this was Kristen Shea and I really appreciate uh, you sharing with us. I can't wait to hear more in your world. I can't wait to, to read the book and thank you for uh, helping advisors in the industry. But uh, I think everybody can take away from what you've done. And uh, again, this is Kristen Shea, the LinkedIn girl. And as always, if any of you have questions out there about anything we discussed today, we'd love to talk with you more. I'm Jonathan Scott with Keystone Financial Resources. You can reach me at 615-661-9554 or keystonefinancialresources.com. Have a great day and thank you. You have been listening to Her Time to Retire with Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott. Glenn and Jonathan would love to talk to you and answer any of your retirement questions. All listeners can take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation with Glenn and Jonathan, whether via a phone call, Zoom meeting, or in person. You can schedule your consultation by calling 615-661-9554 or by visiting our website at www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed by Keystone Financial Resources and guests on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, or BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Keystone Financial Resources are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. 